When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Before we get started, I just have one bit of advice for you on this Friday, the 10th of June, when I'm recording this Q&A episode. And here's my advice. Do not look. Don't look. I looked so you don't have to, and it's not pretty. So don't look. Just don't. I know you want to. Don't. Look later. Lots later. <laughs> it's not a pretty day today for for pretty pretty much anything. Mm, my goodness. My goodness. This happens from time to time. This too shall eventually pass. Let's use some old uh, trite sayings. How about ignorance is bliss? Yes, not knowing is far less painful than knowing in this case so don't don't look hi uh it's the q a day which is uh for the best i think we're gonna answer your questions well we only if you believe in the royal we i the royal we are going to be answering your questions and they were sent in at talkingrealmoney.com they were well they one was called in to 855-935-TALK and uh, we have the capacity for many more questions if you'd like to call 855-935-TALK and leave your question or call it in live on saturdays from three to five eastern noon to two pacific 855-935-TALK or you can record your questions at talkingrealmoney.com which works about 99 percent of the time and i'll give you an example of one of those times when it didn't work properly so you have that to look forward to so thanks for being there thanks for listening thanks for telling friends thanks for leaving really nice reviews on apple Podcasts. and let's do our thing let's get started with our first question the bulk of the questions came in through talkingrealmoney.com and here is the first of that group hi don and tom this is Jackie from Seattle. I'm calling because a few years ago when I started listening to your podcast, I opened a Roth and funded it and put all of my money in the Vanguard Total World Stock Index, now the Admiral Funds. Uh, at that point, I didn't have much money in there, so I figured, hey, 100, 100% in stocks. I was basically 30 years old. And at a certain point, I thought, oh, I would diversify it a little bit more, not diversify it, but split it, you know, a little bit more into bonds in addition to the mutual fund. But then I was listening to uh, your question catch up episode and you made a comment about maybe needing to be in more than one fund. But my impression was if I wanted to stick with simple, I kind of was supposed to stick with a two or three fund portfolio. So could you expand a little bit more on that comment on whether or not that's if I have access to all Vanguard or all Fidelity mutual funds at a low cost, I can just pick one if it's, you know, 7,000 stocks. Or am I supposed to be picking more, quote, mutual funds to have more diversity of mutual funds, which I think just ends up with a bunch of 
double amounts of Apple and both of those mutual funds. Love your show. Thanks. Well, Jackie, thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Thanks for liking us. Um, I can see where you're a little confused. And there's no absolute answer to this, as with everything else we talk about. There's nothing that's absolute. The Vanguard Total World Stock Index is really, really well diversified. However, because it's a market cap weighted index, it's going to be overweighted in those gigantic companies that make up a big chunk of the S&P 500. It's not going to have a lot of those asset classes that we believe over time add fractional additional returns or have at least in the past because everything's past tense. Um, but you you may not need them. It, it's not going to. It depends on how much money you have. You didn't say how much, but you did say you started this a few years ago. Didn't have much. You were thirty then. So my guess is you're in your thirties now which means you're still young, very young, particularly from our perspective, uh, and you still have lots of time. So it really depends. If you've got a lot of money in there and you want to start moving some into another asset class to make it, well, you actually increase your risk a little bit. I don't think you need to go to bonds yet, not unless your risk tolerance dictates that. Take a risk quiz at TalkingRealMoney.com, but I don't think you need to go to bonds yet. If this is long-term retirement money, you're still three decades away from that. So if you wanted to be a little more aggressive and invest in those assets that have shown a propensity to do a little bit better over time, one of those that we like is is small cap value. You can do that through Vanguard, through a mutual fund there. You can do that through a Vanguard ETF. You can do it through the Avant Avantis Avantis ETF, small cap value fund, AVUV or ETF. Um, but that's only for a little bit of your portfolio, and and it's not even that necessary unless we're getting up close to. It's really not going to make big bunches of buck difference until you're getting up into the high five figures, low six figures. So, no hurry. And I can see why it's confusing. I really understand. But uh, you're doing great. Doing what you're doing right now, you're doing far better than the vast majority of investors who have these ridiculous hodgepodge messy portfolios where they're trying to be in all the wrong places at the right times or all the right places at the wrong times. Something like that. Thanks for the uh, question. We appreciate it. That was sent into TalkingRealMoney.com. And uh, same thing with this next one. Hey, Tom and Don. This is Joe Schmo, nobody from Ohio again. Um, a little update on the TSP. They've kind of raised their prices. The average price of the funds is uh, 0 0.05. Um, they're opening up some new options for us, uh, a mutual fund window, they're calling it, uh, 5,000 mutual funds. They got some stipulations that uh, the maximum you can put in is 25% of your TSP balance. So the minimum amount is $10,000 that you can put in. So you would have to have at least 40000 in your TSP. Um, the rub to me is there's an annual $150 fee administration fee by, I believe it's All Right Financial Services that are managing it. And that's on top of whatever the funds are. They have some okay funds. They've got some low cost, like two basis points, three basis point funds. Um, but I imagine the 
the young person with 40,000 that puts their 10,000 in there, they're paying 1.5% on that money, which is like 2,899% more than they would be paying on their money that's in the TSP. Uh, it seems kind of crazy to me. Uh, they are limiting the amount that we can put in uh, up up to only 25% of our TSP. So at least we're not getting raped on the full account, I guess. But to me, you'd have to put in more money because it's just a static charge. You'd have, the more money you could put in, you could lower the fee down. So around 125000 you'd be paying about 0.12% plus the fund fees which would be maybe more acceptable. But uh, is there any time when you think that investing in something like this would be beneficial? Uh, I don't see, even at paying 0.12, that's 139% more than I would be paying in just the standard five-fund TSP portfolio. So to me, I don't think I'll be using it. And I don't know, that's my perception. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Once again, here's an example of a solution that doesn't have a problem. Why do you need access to these 5,000 funds? Yes, you're right. Some of them are internally reasonably priced, but my gosh, there are very few funds more reasonably priced than those funds in the TSP. I mean, you have uh, the C fund, which is the S&P 500, essentially. And that has a fee of 0.04, four basis points. Ooh, and if you go into the small cap fund, the littler companies, wow, they're all the way up to six basis points. International, five and a half basis points. Those things are so cheap. And you see, this is the the game of numbers. This is the number game. People think, well, you know, what's a lousy little $150 a year on my big old portfolio of $50,000? Uh, it's, as you said, it's one and a half, and then add the other fund fee to that. And that's a pretty substantial chunk of the slow, plodding returns that funds are supposed to make over time and have made in the past over time. I mean, think about it for a minute. If you're even pulling a 10% average annual return on something like the C fund, and you're paying an additional 1.5% on a $10,000 investment, you're losing 15% of your return. That's a big number. Now, I think this is very silly, of no real useful purpose, and the fact of the matter is, TSPs for much of their life are small. You don't get to those big dollar numbers until you're getting closer. And the closer you get, the less you need those more aggressive funds that are made available through this extra program. And the other thing is, is you can invest in these other kinds of funds that are not available, like you can overweight value or get into a good REIT fund. You can do that outside of the TSP by doing it in a regular IRA or a Roth IRA or doing some other investing, probably not REITs, but other investments inside just a regular old taxable account. So no, I don't think this is worthwhile and I'm pretty sure Tom won't either.
Thanks for the question. Another one came in from TalkingRealMoney.com, and here it is. Okay, that was only part of it because I stopped it. <laughs> that was the one I talked about. We had a little glitch on the on the uh, recording, and I don't know why. And I sat here for hmm, maybe an hour trying to edit that to stretch it, but when I would stretch it, the pitch would get off. It was I could get it to where it was almost, almost understandable. And it's a good question. It's a really good question about a 92-year-old father who's been treated very badly by a major brokerage firm. Really treated badly. Uh, just commissions sucked out of him. Um, and I do want to answer the question, so I've sent a note to the tech support to see if they can get me a better copy. If not, Tony, if you're listening, if you could record that again, <laughs> it just didn't work. Or call it into 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. So there you have it. That's our one glitch the whole time we've been using this system. Not bad for technology. Now we have another one, and th this one's real. This one's an actual question. Hi, Tom and Don. My name's Angelina. I'm 28, and I've been saving and investing for about three years now. Um, I know that the general consensus is that you should save 15 to 25% of your gross income. Um, and through work, I have access to a Roth 401k. So I was wondering if I use a Roth IRA and Roth 401k solely for my investments, if the number should be closer to the 15% rather than the 25% or if um, you had an opinion one way or the other. Obviously, the more you can save, the better, but um, I have some anxiety related to saving enough, even though I have lots of time to save. And so I'd like your input in regards to whether you think doing the Roth makes the target percentage potentially lower. Uh, thanks for your input. Angelina, you're doing so well. You've been investing since you were 25 years old, and it sounds like you're putting a lot away, a high percentage of your earnings. Oh, you should not have any, any anxiety about your long-term future. You're doing all the right stuff. Now, that said, the more you put away and the sooner you do it, the less anxiety you're going to have and the easier the latter years of your life will be. You're not going to have to really stew over this once you're, uh, you know, you're raising a family or, or, you know, you have additional expenses, you want to do more things. You, you'll have less anxiety because you won't have to save as much because it's going to, it's likely to grow over time. It has for almost ever. However, whether you do it in the Roth or not, doesn't really, it's, it's, it's almost a wash. Because if you're putting 15% away and you put it away in an IRA, you're actually getting a few more dollars to put away. So you could argue that a regular, because you get a tax deduction. So you could argue that a regular might be better at a lower rate. But I think you, you, you don't really need to worry too much about what the percentage is. Put away as much as you're comfortable putting away. If you're exceeding 15%, you are ahead of of gosh probably 90 percent of your peers i don't know what the exact number is but i'm pretty confident it's a lot 
And I am very confident that if you're doing what you're doing and you're investing it in high-quality, no-load funds and you're building a portfolio based on a plan for a long-term future, remember that Roth all comes out tax-free too. It's just, it just strikes me that it's your future is likely to be a financially sound one, given what you're doing right now. I would not sweat this. I would just keep doing what you're doing at the level you're able to do it. If you have more expenses, lower it a little bit. If you can afford 25%, why not do it? If you really can afford it and it doesn't affect your lifestyle and it and you have emergency money set aside, why not go as high as you can? But if you need money in the future and you need it to just enjoy yourself, go ahead and go down to 15 for a while. But thanks for the question. I really appreciate it. And I really congratulate you on doing so darned well. Your parents must be very proud of you. I know if I was yours, I would be very proud of you. Now, we have one more. Now, this one is is unique because this one actually came in via the, the phone line at 855-935-8255. Or talk. It spells talk. Hi, I'm a Schwab customer. Sometimes when I buy or sell something... They come back later with a what they call a price improvement, and then it shows a um, a dollar figure beside the notice. Um, I'm curious about a couple of things. First of all, what's going on there behind the scenes? And secondly, is that a price improvement on each share, or is that a price improvement on the whole transaction? I can't really tell from the notice, and I wondered if you knew anything about this. Since you're out of questions, I thought I'd pose this one. Have a great day. Well, sir, way, way back in the olden days, the way we bought and sold stocks was a lot different than the way it is today. We actually sold them on basically an exchange. Some stocks were listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Some were on the American. Then we had this fancy new NASDAQ-y thing. And, and you just, the trades all happened there. Well, that's not the case anymore. There are exchanges and traders all over the place. And there's this really complicated software thing. Um, and it is, uh, it's where all of these dealers are tied together and it's, the information is sent out to Schwab and all the other brokers and mutual funds and the like, and it's called the NBBO, the National Best Bid and Offer Network. Now, this is all the public exchanges. These are the public ones. So they look at this when they're making a market order for you, and they go, okay, the lowest ask right now is... $10.10, for example. It's the lowest ask, um, and the lowest bid is $10.05. So you're, if you're buying, you're going to pay $10.10. They're going to run the trade at $10.10 because that was the best deal on the exchange. If you're selling, they're going to clear the transaction initially at $10.05. But then there are these things called dark pools, now, their bids and asks don't get listed 
on the NBBO because they're dark, they're private, but they make transactions and they make transactions with Schwab and mutual funds and all these other people. So it may be that that trade, that, that, that time you bought the stock for $10 and 10 cents, well, somebody else was willing to sell it for $10 and nine cents. So now they have to adjust your deal and it's usually by a penny, the differences usually buy about a penny. So the uh, they're going to adjust that trade. Schwab will adjust the trade maybe the next day because they, they look back and they went, oh, we got a better price than what the NBBO said we were going to get. And they'll adjust your round lot of or your lot of stocks, whether it's 100 shares or 1,000 shares. So we're talking on a 100-share order. We're talking of the, that price improvement that they show. That price improvement is shown in total dollars for that transaction. So the price improvement on 100 shares, at a penny difference, will be a whopping dollar. A dollar. 1,000 shares, $10. So uh, it is just a, uh, it's just a part of the system. It rarely happens. It does not happen very often. I... I don't make a lot of trades when I, I buy and sell things to rebalance, but I don't remember ever seeing it in any of my transactions. So it's it's pretty rare, but that's in fact what it is. Um, I, I you know I can't. I think the number is like like ninety eight or ninety nine percent of trades get quoted at the the current market. There's a there's a few cases of price improvement. It's generally not a big deal, and and it's never ever come up on the show. So thank you for the for for a question that has never come up in the forty years I have been talking about forty years. Have I been talking? No, I've been talking. I've been talking on the radio about money for thirty five years. So thank you for the fresh question, and thank you all for your questions. And remember, you can call us with questions at eight five five nine three five talk eight five five nine three five eighty two fifty five. That number also works when we're live on Saturdays on the radio in the Seattle area. You can call our show no matter where you live at eight five five nine three five talk, and we can have a conversation. You can also record or send in questions at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. If you have more involved questions, you want somebody to look over your portfolio, see if you're on the right track, see if you have a horrible hodgepodge, see if you're paying too much in fees, see if your broker may be taking advantage of you, or maybe not. Uh, Set up an appointment with one of our advisors at Vestry by Appella. These people are devoted to helping everybody. Yes, they help all of our clients, and they get paid for that, but they help other people, and they don't get paid for that. And that's okay for a number of reasons. One, because it helps us grow bigger, we found. Treat people right, and they tend to treat you right. But there will be no cost and no obligation and no high-pressure sales pitch if you go to vestry.com and you set up an appointment on the website or call the 800 number there on the website. So check it out. Thanks for being a part of this. We'll talk to you again live on Saturday, which will become a podcast next week. And uh, tell your friends, share us on social media, check out our videos on YouTube. Take good care of yourselves. I'm Don McDonald, hanging out in my little cave, talking real money. 
hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?